1: To know the score, we I'm back. Your, I'm your host, Don DeLorenzo, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dwayne. What's going on, homie? We back,
0: and it is good to be reunited. So yeah,
1: now, let's see um, here. Um The Braves won the World Series since the last time we talked. Yeah, and yeah, uh, don't, Dwayne don't, had the sads. I, I get
0: for for. I, for a split second, I actually gave him my congratulations on on the book of faces so and I did say that was for Hank Aaron and my grandfather who's a Phillies fan by the way and I agreed that one was for Hank so if my grandfather says
1: that then I'm okay with it so uh the Georgia Bulldogs won a national championship I was happy about that that's the only Georgia related thing I was happy about because
0: they beat Alabama. Tide got rolled.
1: Um, let's see what else major events happened since uh, so the last time we talked. The last um, time playoffs were. Yeah, the we playoffs. The best, yeah. Uh, the, Clay Thompson came back finally.
0: Splash Brothers reunited and the Warriors are still trailing the Suns, but.
1: Yeah, they, are, they got little. They ain't got their full team right now. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, let's see. Uh, NFL season. What would you think about the Panthers? Matt Rule hanging on one more year. Trash, horrible, awful. And then he's
0: then he hires Ben McAdoo uh, as the offensive coordinator. Which...
1: Uh, okay, my here's here's my question for you as a Carolina Panther fan, right? Yes. Uh, when is it ever gonna be Matt Rule's fault? First, it was been, Teddy bridgewater's fault. it's always been... It, it's it is Matt Rule's fault, <laughs> but he don't be acting like that though.
0: <laughs> I know he does not and it's annoying look my look my mom my mom never liked him from jump. she she was a huge Raul Rivera supporter.
1: Oh, come and... on over to the commanders we, we <laughs> be taking as many fans as possible right now. <laughs>
0: And um, uh, well, she's she's a Ron Rivera supporter, but her her heart's in Kansas City with the Chiefs, so I can't, uh, I don't think okay. it's gonna work, I don't think it's gonna work. But um, but she she's uh, she said there's something about him I just don't like, and I never liked him for a job, so and I, me trying to be the optimist as I try to be most of the time, I would say about 80% of the time. Um, trying to say let's give it some time, and now the twenty percent pessimist in me is like, "Fuck this guy! I don't want him on my team anymore." But then again, I do want to have him around for a year because they can, they can be trash, and then he can go back to college, and then we can hire somebody competent. Hopefully,
1: yeah. but... I know what happened. Sean Payton retired. Yes, good riddance. Dennis Allen's the head coach, and hopefully the Saints will be
0: trashed again because the last time he was a head coach, he did not go so well. (laughs) Uh,
1: So, Tom Brady retired. Yep, after 22 seasons, he went to hang up the helmet, maybe, possibly. He did the Michael Jordan, never say never. All right. I think Tom just don't – he getting to that point in his career where – he might not love training camp, but he loved to play the games. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Man. Just show up for the games instead of yeah. He might yeah. Else. He might do his normal TB twelve off season and then come back like you know. I think, when they got three preseason games now. Come back in that, yeah. that little two week gap between the last preseason game and the regular season starting. Be like oh. I'm back. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um NASCAR was at the Coliseum. Yeah, that was probably gonna be my final thought. Okay, we'll run that back later on. Yeah, um, yeah, but but we'll we'll go into the original format here that I've got because we're we're kind of getting into some of that stuff now. First, before we talk about the big game on Sunday, because I don't want to get sued by anybody. <laughs> um, right.
0: Just that your, game,
1: yeah. Your thoughts on the playoffs as a whole? Okay, yeah. Let's let's talk. Let's
0: talk playoffs. So, wild card round was as expected. I mean, um, the it was. I thought this was a great uh, playoff run. A great season. Uh, definitely. Had some really great games. Uh, the Raiders and Bengals were underwhelming. The Bills stomped the Patriots. Um, as expected, the Bucks took care of the Eagles. I kind of but give Philly a lot of credit. I mean, nobody had those. We definitely didn't have them going anywhere, but Nick Serrani did a hell of a job uh, getting them that far. Um, Cowboys still haven't played 7 one a. Playoff games since floppy disks were relevant. And the Steelers and Cheese. I was not a fan of the Monday night wild card game. Um, Not a fan of the wild card game being on Monday night anyway. Um, I think they should have just stick with the weekend triple headers. Um, Rams won that one. Um, The divisional round was probably the best round of playoff football I've ever seen in my entire life. Um we the Bengals broke all the hearts of the Nashvilleans in Tennessee. Um it was kind of funny seeing all the Titan tears around here. Um in the game that I definitely did not expect. Um the Forty ers and Packers. It really came down to that block field goal at the end of the first half.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um that that changed the whole complexion of the game. And, you know, it's really time. As much as I love the history of Lambeau Field, it's lost its mystique since they put the heating system into the field. It's definitely not the frozen tundra that it used to be. Um, and going back to the Bengals and Titans, I mean, the Titans defense did everything – they sacked Joe Burrow nine times. I mean, they could have probably just dug him a grave at, with the way they were playing. And, but Ryan Tannehill was not on point. Um, he reverted back to Miami, Ryan Tannehill. Um, very much just so. very, very mediocre. Very, it was not the same guy we have seen for the last couple seasons. Um, the Rams almost pulled the Falcons. Um, they were up twenty-seven to three. The Bucks came back to tie, but busted coverage, literally saved the Rams from going home, and um, ended Tampa Bay's brief run at the top. And then, probably the greatest game. I mean, we say the 58 NFL championship game is the greatest game ever played, but, my God, the the divisional round in Kansas City at uh, GEHA Field at Arrowhead. um, The Bills, Josh Allen, Gabriel Davis could not be stopped, um, but they left. Too much time for Patrick Mahomes. Apparently, 13 seconds is too much time now. Um, the Bills did everything right stopping the deep ball, but with Tyreek Hill's speed, Eric me, Andy Reid made the adjustment to have him go underneath and use the speed. That worked to their advantage. Chiefs won the toss, won the game in overtime. Um, and then the championship game, another overtime game at Arrowhead. The Chiefs got the ball, but this time, it was Patrick Mahomes. Didn't he throw an interception in overtime? Yeah, he did. He threw an interception in overtime. And the mistake that he couldn't do against the Bills, the Bengals were able to capitalize. It was, I think it was Von Bell that made the the interception. And um, the... Bengals win the AFC and then and then the uh, just put in perspective Zach Taylor was in elementary school and the Bengals last went to the Super Bowl uh, Joe
1: <laughs> so was <that>. Joe,
0: Bur- <laughs> Joe Burrow was <laughs> Joe Burrow was not a thought um, uh, but this is this is a fun team to watch I'm not even gonna lie um, they may be in the fake
1: Queen City, but they are the real AFC champs. So when they got down twenty-one to three, I actually said to myself that actually might be the best thing to happen to them, because it'll make Zach Taylor come off of that run game play calling he likes to do, and put the strength of their team on the field, which are their receivers, and their quarterback. You know, what I mean, put the hands and more into the you know, to where they have an advantage over most teams right, right. in the NFL. I know, um, you know, he's from the Sean McVay school where, you know, they want to establish the run and throw when they want to and things like that. But when you have such a dynamic trio of wide receivers plus a running back that can catch the ball out of the backfield, it doesn't look like – I mean, he's going to try it because it's the Super Bowl and you may only get a chance to play in it once – Usman is going to try to play on that bad knee. Oh, yeah. He's uh, if, out, yeah. If, if, but if he was, you know, at his full capabilities too. That's that, five options. Yeah, that passing game, that spread you out passing game is deadly, man. But right. they only seem to kind of go to it in their desperation. Or, um, you know, if they clearly understand, like when they played the Ravens the second time, uh, when the Ravens lost, like, four quarterbacks in one game. It's like, okay, you know what I'm saying? We're, we're just oh. chug it up every time, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, 21-3, to three, I kind of thought to myself, hmm, at least they'll start, you know, using their receivers more. And, I, and to me, I feel like that's really where they have a strength. But it's also a weakness because they don't have the best offensive line. They don't even have a top 15 offensive line if you go by, you know, whatever metrics they use to rank offensive lines. So that's what makes Sunday so tricky for them because you don't just want to just run into Aaron Donald on first down every time and, you know, get the second and eight, third and seven, the whole game. You know what I mean? So they're going to have to try to figure out how to mix in some throws on first downs, maybe um, first down screen passes, swing passes, Especially in the first quarter, to try to get them running side to side, maybe they can tear, tire Aaron Dar- Donald out. You know what I mean? Right. If they can mm-hmm. keep possess the ball enough, and then you know slow the pass rush down by you know just kind of having them tired, maybe mm-hmm. that's something that they could they could do. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's gonna be tough if they try to just stick with that. You know, you know we're gonna come out on first down and try to get these four yards and stay on stay on track that way. Um, as far as the Rams go, I thought McVay totally got scared against Tampa Bay. He could have blew them out if he kept throwing the ball. It was clear that Tampa Bay was loaded up to stop their running game during that game. Uh, Which Cam Akers helped. uh, Cam Akers definitely helped that out, too, with those two fumbles. Right. We have four in the game. So they were definitely tuned in to the running game, and not so much did it look like they had anything for the pass game. So once they got to the big lead and Sean McVay went back to trying to just kind of get his run established, that's when Tampa Bay got their footing underneath them defensively and gave Tom Brady the possessions to come back. Then, when the game got back on the line and McVay went back to his passing game, put the nail in So, I thought that he coached... um, He didn't really understand or or feel the game in that particular game. And then against the 49ers, he had two bad challenges that really could have set them back um, in that game if, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan wouldn't have been afraid of his quarterback, which you know, is what it is. You know, Jimmy he, G is is going to be looking for a new home. Um, oh, yeah. So, but I, I thought the 49ers definitely had that game in their grasp. Oh yeah. In the third did, yeah. quarter, um, he didn't go for it. They're kind of around a 40. They elected to take the penalty and punt, and that kind of got things rolling there for – uh, the Rams, uh, and, uh, the Rams. And, and 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 got them, you know, got their legs back under them. And as a result, now the Rams will be in their own stadium, but as the visiting team. Right, right. Um, the M- MVP and and all those the honors came out where we had Aaron Rodgers winning the MVP again, back to back this year. Back to back. Uh, T.J. Watt, Defensive Player of the Year back-to-back, even though I felt like he was hurt most of the season. I didn't really – it's like, man, some of the numbers Pittsburgh's defense was giving up this year. I was like, is he out there playing? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently he was. Uh, Mike Vrabel, uh, Coach of the Year. Even though – even though he had a very disappointing playoff exit, but okay, whatever. Hey man, that's just a regular season award, sir. Regular season, I award. guess. What? And then we had uh Tony Baselli, Leroy Butler, Bryant Young, uh, Sam Mills, Dick Vermil. Oh my gosh, shout outs, Richard Seymour, yeah, Richard Seymour, and like an old one of the, the very first, like, oh, the um. Supervisor of officials for the NFL make up the uh, Hall of Fame class for this year. So, no Devin Hester, no Andre Johnson, no Zach Thomas. Um, Yeah. No Steve Smith. No Steve Smith. Yeah, so those. those, But Sam Mills, though. Sam Mills, rest in peace.
0: Yeah. Yeah. From Um, being told he was too small to be in the heart and soul of the Panthers. Yep.
1: Yep, yeah, Sam Mills definitely, uh, not only as a player but also as a coach, um, left a, a, a large legacy, especially in the Charlotte area. Um, you know, he has a statue out front of the stadium. Um, everything that the Panthers do as far as their messaging and slogan with the key pounding is, yes. is dedicated and created by him during his mm-hmm. uh, fight with cancer. 2003 uh, Super Bowl. I remember Sam Mills as a as a young kid, uh with the Dome the Dome Patrol, uh Pat Swilling, Ricky Jackson, and Sam Mills uh playing for the Saints uh yeah, back in the day. Uh, the their the defense bat, was uh the Aints. Yeah, well, they had a couple of good years there, but they weren't quite so bad. Bobby Bear, quarterbacking out there, but the defense <laughs> was uh definitely the uh the star of the show and Sam Mills was a big part of that so um, yeah so that's that's awesome to, that he finally got into the Hall of Fame um, as we talked about earlier uh, Washington they finally chose a new nickname uh, they are no longer the football team we are commanders da, da, da. <laughs> they are the Washington commanders I, I couldn't wait for
0: this show because I want to know how do you feel about this thing
1: heavy side it's not what i grew up with right not even probably what i would have chose but it's what my team is going by and i'm on board you know so everybody can have their jokes now laugh hearty har 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 i'm just saying when the season comes around though Don't get beat by the Commanders. There you go. The Panthers will, though, so I'm going to get my (laughs) jokes in. And I'm going to make jokes
0: about the Panthers getting beat by the Commanders. So it's all good over here because I have no faith in Matt Rule whatsoever. So, Um, yeah,
1: and I will say this, that white jersey is very, very, it's the best jersey of the three. Oh, uh, they got to do some work to it. It's not. It's not burgundy. It's like cranberry. They need to burgundy, burgundy it up oh. some more. It looks like, like Atlanta. Oh yeah, yeah. but the, it's still it's it's
0: better than the home. Uh, it's better than the uh, home jersey. And I don't. Look, and the black would be fine if it wasn't for that W in the middle of the helmet. I'm not a fan of that.
1: Yeah, the helmet itself doesn't look that fly, but the jersey, the black jersey, looks pretty good. Um, on some real deal Holyfield stuff, Brian Flores is like man, I'm fed up y'all oh, he's out a- here uh, got me running around the country uh, taking these flights to these sham interviews and I already know who y'all gonna pick but y'all got to satisfy these rules and y'all using me and he's like he is not having it so he sues the NFL over their hiring tra- practices towards minorities, Um. You know, NFL comes out 10 minutes after the lawsuit is dropped and says that the, the the claims are unfounded. And then ever since then, they've been backtracking and trying to, you know, cover. They've, their, been, they've been doing Homer Simpson into the bush. Yeah, they've been trying to fade, fade back off of that statement. Um, you know, we got Lovey Smith hired by the Texans. Okay, whoop-de-doo. You got, um, you know, you got, um, you got Lewis Riddick being interviewed for, uh, you know, a GM job. But, you know, that's happened like every year for the past, like seven years, he's still on TV. Um, Right. And then, and then um, the Dolphins trying to claim Mike McDaniel, but I'm not sure about that at all. Man, that's like the Saints trying to claim Dennis Allen. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, don't try. And, well, and if that's that, the case...
0: <laughs> the sad thing... Here's the thing, though. I got a connection to the Dolphins, actually. um, Their GM, Chris Greer. Yeah. That's my cousin. Ah, Yeah. Yeah. And... Because his brother, Mike, played hockey for for 11, 12 seasons with several different teams. Most notably, the uh, Sabres, Capitals, and Sharks. And Edmonton, that's when I found it out. But um, their grandmother was my grandfather's brother. Mm. And so... You mean sister? Sister. Yeah. She yes yes yeah yeah I, yeah it's been a long day uh, but uh yeah so their grandmother was my grandfather's only sister at that um so and it was actually it was actually um uh, my aunt Lavetta their grandmother who told me about both of them so um so when I get into this whole because I know they hit Kristen, Chris and Brian Flores Flores had their issues, anyway, and then with the whole Stephen Ross trying to get a in, basically incentivize losing so they could get a high draft pick, and Hugh Jackson has come out in support of this, saying this happened to be in Cleveland.
1: Yeah, Hugh was like, look at my record, dog. Look at my record. Right. <laughs> You know how hard it is to only win one game? It's the right. NFL. Even sorry teams win three.
0: Right. <laughs> it's like... So, this this lawsuit is pretty huge uh, because... And it's already, it's already... I mean, the NFL's already been in a bad light for a very long time. I mean... They, then it goes back to the whole Jay Z thing. This whole Jay Z, we knew that was a sham from Jump. We knew that. We knew that um, it wasn't about social justice.
1: I mean, it's gonna give us a dope halftime show every year. That's about it. <laughs> but you know, especially this one. Yeah, I'm, well, very, I'm looking forward to this one. <laughs> but you know, it ain't going. Here's the deal, just like with everything, man. If you don't have any black people in charge or any black people in the power role to hire and fire people, then you ain't gonna get no black people hired or fired in most cases. Or if the person gets fired, it's gonna be like Tubby Smith or Lovey Smith, excuse me, where he's gonna go to a team that's real sorry and he's gonna get fired anyway. Right.
0: The only only exception to this is Mike Thomas.
1: Yeah, or they do him like Jim Caldwell. He go to a sorry spot and do well far better than they expected and then when, you know, he kind of max out in, like, the division around, they just be like, okay, we gotta fire you.
0: Right. Yeah, which is highly disrespectful. Right. Well, it's like the ultimate slap in the face. Like, I... Especially with the lions, like who who is able to re- revive the lions? And then, like the only, the only time
1: they've been good in my meet in my recent history of my life is they had two black coaches, Wayne Fonts and Tim um, Caldwell. Caldwell. <laughs> everybody yes. else, well, Bobby Ross had them Bobby good Russell. for like a couple yeah, of years, man. but everybody else has been trash.
0: Right. And it did not help this year with Dan Campbell, so that didn't work out either.
1: Well at least they play hard. I'll give give them that. They play hard. Yeah. I, I do I, I did enjoy even yeah. though they came up short on a lot of uh games, I like the way that they played. I like that they they shout out a lot to Amandra St. Brown though. That kid is
0: gonna be a feature of that team.
1: Uh um, yeah, they gotta figure out something at quarterback just like ninety percent of the NFL does. Yes, especially Carolina. Uh, Washington too, man. But, I mean, you know, Ron Rivera's – see, this is what you don't want to do. Ron Rivera's already come out here and talking about, you know, Taylor Heineke and what we kind of dealt with the past two years is below the bar, below the expectations, and he's – they're going to make a move in this offseason to, 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 to address that and raise the bar, right? Mm-hmm. But when you – if you show up with Jimmy Garoppolo – you know, people going to be like, oh, I thought you was going to do something, Holmes. Right. They're they trying, they trying to start up Russell Wilson, right? To mm-hmm. But, A, we don't really have a quarterback to give them back. Because, you know, they're probably going to be – that's the first thing they're going to probably say is, like, we need a quarterback back. We don't really have anybody they probably going to want. So that means we're going to have to throw in extra draft pick first-round picks for you, that. That you really can't afford to give up. Right. right. We're going to have to give away this year's draft pick to make it happen and probably one of our defensive linemen. Which is uh main
0: cog of your defense right,
1: right. So it's like, okay, or sign Sheriff and trade him with, you know, trade Russell Wilson and Brandon Sheriff or whatever, but it's still like, diminishing the team that he's you, coming yeah, to. Yeah, because you're losing your best line, man. Right. You're so, going to, I get mean, a, yeah. to get diminish Russell Wilson. Right.
0: Russell Wilson ain't the same. Right.
1: Russell this isn't, Yeah, this isn't Russell Wilson from five years ago where he wants to run around and move out the way. Russell Wilson wants to stand in the pocket and just throw the ball now. right? You know what I'm saying? So that's the reason why I'm like... And he not, will be running for his life. Right. It's not smart yeah. to promise this big addition when you There's know to give yeah, back. <laughs> I, I feel like this we should just try to get Derek Carr I'd be satisfied with that yeah if McDaniels and him don't see eye to eye you know who's to know you know with Josh McDaniels coming in um, uh yeah well, you a know as, as hey, don't be surprised if Jimmy G goes, uh, goes yeah. to uh, Vegas yeah but you know and still Washington may still be on the outside looking in dude because you know, I, I ju- they just don't have enough good players to be able to afford to give up any to get the quality caliber quarterback that they want to have that Ron Rivera has promised. Because he's talking well, about, you know, Deshaun love- Watson, uh, Russell Wilson, or Aaron Rodgers type level. He's talking about tier one level quarterbacks. Right. You know, and, and, and no- there. And, and nobody wants
0: and- – and, no, you know, nobody wants empty promises, you know, so I think Right, right.
1: Just say, hey, we're we, looking to upgrade the position. We, and then when you get a Derek Carr, everybody's like, okay, he's better than Taylor Heineke. That's what, that, that, right. That. That's an upgrade. There's your upgrade right there. <laughs> we can work with that. Now,
0: now you're setting the expectation. You go for a top-level quarterback, and, you know, no disrespect to Derek Carr. I mean, he – Definitely is a good QB. He's a consistent quarterback,
1: but it, he's not on that tier one level you just mentioned. Right. Um, when well, we mess around and end up with Mitch Trubisky, because or Cam or <laughs> or look, at least you're not stuck with Sam Darnold for another year. Marcus Mariota in. or somebody like that. Then it's gonna be like, oh, this what, is the best. You gonna be like, oh, but well, this is the best. What an upgrade. <laughs> You know, have people like, "What are what an upgrade?" Yeah, so and,
0: and look at least at least the at least there there's hope for a better quarterback situation in Washington.
1: I, there's no hope for that in Carolina. I was I would hope they draft that kid from Western Kentucky who led the uh, country in passing touch, oh, the yards and touchdowns uh, and all that all that yeah, I draft that kid. I like the way, I like the way the ball comes out of his hand. He he gets back there quick, throws that shit bang boom boom. I don't know if he can read defenses, but that I mean, we already have that issue as it is with
0: Sam, so it's like uh do we really need another guy that can't read a defense?
1: 'Cause I mean, Kenny Pickett, I right. Desmond They
0: already uh, And
1: that's the problem. They're already enamored with Kenny Pickett. I don't like it.
0: Yeah. Like, oh, like, uh, you're talking about Bailey Zappa. That's what it is. Um, yeah, him. And I yeah, the problem I have with the problem I have with there's no quarter there's no real eye popping quarterback that's first
1: round worthy. Yeah, you're going to have to dig in the crates this year to get you uh, uh You uh, really uh, have to, start to do that. Which he, is why I would love for the Panthers to just... tank. No, they can't do that no more. Brian Flores is not out at everybody. Yeah, I mean, look. I, I don't care.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't care at this point. If it gets rid of that rule, I don't care. And... and well, Joe Burrow's performance makes me re- – even though, don't get me wrong, it he's what we needed, especially coming in off the season before. But, man, it would look a lot better if we would have picked Justin Herbert <laughs> at number two <laughs> instead of Chase Young. I mean, you know, he had a great rookie year, don't get me wrong. But, you know, second year really didn't do anything, and then second half of the season got, got hurt. It. Right. <sighs> You know, and then Joe Barrow, you know, got hurt and then came back the next season and now he's in the Super Bowl. Right, but if you really look at it, though, maybe, and
0: this is where, and of course this is where when you're a young player, when teams are on to you, you have to figure out the adjustment. And I think teams figured out Chase Young and he just didn't make the adjustment, that he got hurt.
1: Yeah, I think he was trying to run around people instead of dang on like engaging them and right and, like doing his moves he's out there like doing he's basketball five yards moves. Out. yeah yeah he's five yards out trying to come back in by the time he's there the balls already out or he goes so far out he leave a big ass uh, spot so if they do get pressure up the middle there's a big old five yard lane for them to run through like dude right what are you doing just yeah. too much freelancing, and and hopefully maybe, wow. you know, they'll be like, hey, we tried it your way last year. This year we're going to rein you in and make you play the defense the way it's supposed to be played. But Right. So, we'll
0: since this big game on Sunday is going to be the last game of the NFL season, in a couple months, We are going to have yet another itineration of spring football.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Bringing it back. They're bringing it back, uh, the USFL. Um, And so I will say this uh, with the unfortunate demise of the XFL, the reboot of, and I really honestly don't have as much confidence in the future of the XFL. I mean, I hope it's successful. I really want it to work, but um, it's going to be a hard follow after what they did before COVID happened. Because I think think that...
1: They actually had some momentum for that second version of it. They did, and they had
0: had great momentum and it's it's uh, it just it sucks that the pandemic ruined that and and so now I'm looking at now and then the year before the AAF which was off to a decent start but it looked like Charlie Ubersaw was really over his head when he did it and then um Tom Dundon, which in hindsight he did the right thing because it was such a
1: money drain. Tom and he just Tom the Dund- Tom Dundon yeah. wanted the 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 analytics department for that thing. That's what he did. Yeah, which which worked out cuz the
0: Carolina Hurricanes are the one of the best teams in the show.
1: SFL. Yeah, do you think there's gonna be a, a, a successful league this year? You think they're gonna be able to get the excitement the XFL had? I mean, I think the brand itself, XFL still had a I think it will be because they have yeah, I think they I, th- I think they'll have a successful
0: run. Um they're doing they're doing a bubble for in Birmingham. So they're gonna set the bubble up in Birmingham at least for the first two years before they move them out. And they already got the team set up. Uh, So the Birmingham Stallions, Houston Gamblers, the New Orleans Breakers, and the Tampa Bay Bandits in the South, and then the North, Michigan Panthers, New Jersey Generals, the Philadelphia Stars, and the Pittsburgh Maulers. Well,
1: they'll be bringing bringing back those old highlights of Steve Spurrier and Herschel Walker and Jim Kelly, I hope, too. (laughs) Right.
0: And that's the... So, um, Mike Riley's going to be the coach of the new Jersey Generals. Todd Haley's going to be the head coach and GM of the Tampa Bay Bandits. Kevin Sumlin's going to be... Heading up Houston, uh, and by the way, the all these coaches are head coaches and slash general managers. Uh, Bart Andrews, uh, former Toronto Argonauts head coach, is going to head the team in Philadelphia. Skip Holtz, the head coach GM in Birmingham, uh, former Pittsburgh Steelers running backs coach Kirby Wilson is going to take over the Pittsburgh Maulers, and then Jeff Fisher will be the head coach and GM of Michigan Panthers. Expect four and four seasons out of him. <laughs> and then uh, Larry Fedora will be the head coach and GM in New Orleans with the Breakers. First game, April 16th, uh, between Birmingham and New Jersey. and It'll be on Fox and NBC. And first time, a simulcast of... The same game, not owned by the same company since Super Bowl one.
1: All right, so just when you're done with your think you're done with that football fix, got that spring ball coming from the USFL. Uh, we'll change over to the NBA, where we just came off of the trade deadline. Um, at the beginning of the week, looked like it was going to be kind of ho hum. But as things started to get later in the week, things started to pick up. Uh, C.J. McCallum got traded from the Blazers to the Pelicans. Everybody had their eyes on Dame, but no movement from Dame. So, um, you know, he's been steadfast. that He wants to be a part of the solution in Portland and not get traded to help the team going forward. He's basically, you know, saying he wants to finish his career there portland's trying to kind of you know get into their next phase and, and and you know find their next young superstars so we're kind of at a crossroads there with dame uh what do you think this is gonna end he's just gonna um he's just gonna have to wait till the off season and they have to work it out or do you think that he's gonna because uh, his contract he's not gonna be a free agent but his contract is so uh, massive. Massive for the Blazers at this point not being a contending team not being you know anywhere near the playoffs um, kind of like a Kimba Walker and Charlotte situation near the end where it's just kind of like you know we gotta find yeah. somebody to take you um, and we'll try to do our best but we know, can't guarantee it. We everything. can't guarantee anything right. Uh, yeah that's
0: really, what, that's really what it is. It's just gonna be a very um, sad. It's a sad situation, in a sense, because you know, Dame's a loyal guy. Mm-hmm. Like Kimba was a loyal guy as well, and but I also know both of them. They have the innate desire to win, and now. Teams are being smarter because they don't want any big contracts, but and no, uh, there's like no real big supporting cast member or a superstar or a top tier star that really wants to play in Portland, even though Portland's got one of the best fan bases in the NBA. That's not, that's no debate. I mean, they are they're loyal to the core there. But I know and just the fact that and I know it's going to be tough to find a team. I mean someone will either have to mortgage their future for an aging star because you know, Dame's getting up there right, and not just um, I mean, of course, he's young age-wise, but NBA basketball-wise, he's got a lot of miles on him uh, with the playoff runs and and just in all, you peaks. know, they played four years, uh, which is a rarity nowadays. Um, and at the end of the day, Portland's just going to be either in purgatory, in that purgatory where... They're not going to win a lot of games, or they're going to be a very low seed. Right now, it's the former, but it's going to just be tough getting somebody there and even tougher to get rid of the contract um, because the Supermax extension is as great as it is for the player. It does handicap the team, and then unless you have a team that's really desperate to be the team to win the title, it's not going to work out.
1: Right. Um, collection of all stars, past stars, maybe a couple of guys past their prime. That is not the formula for a successful teams this year for the Lakers. Um, they're <laughs> four games under 500, I think right now. Um, likely headed to one of those play-in games if they don't drastically turn um, their season around quickly. Um, LeBron KD, I mean, excuse me, LeBron AD have been back and forth uh, in and out of the lineup with injuries uh, so far in the first half of the season. Um, The misfit toy known as Russell Westbrook is trying his best to fit in, but it's just not it, working. <laughs> it's
0: not there's only one. It's always like you said. There's only one ball who's gonna get the ball.
1: And um, like I said, kind of maybe when we kind of looked at this from the start of the season, I knew that they were gonna miss Jason Kidd because I figured that Jason Kidd was more of the offensive mind, and Frank Vogel Fra- was more Frank Vogel's a defensive coach. Yeah, defensive mind, and they don't run that high, um, you know, Princeton-style offense where they're at least, you know, at least LeBron can stand right there and, you know, dictate who can get the ball. He can kind of do work high lows with AD or he can facilitate out to Westbrook and things like that. They're not doing any of that type of offense um, this year like they were in the past couple of years, especially when situations got dire and they really needed... Um, you know, a basket, they would definitely go to that, get LeBron or AD on the elbow, run LeBron or the other one off of them and and yeah. ride them up in the corner. So you, it's like, you know, you either are going to take this one-on-one matchup from the elbow down or we're going to kick it out for a easy three. Yeah, David David
0: Fizzdale is uh offensive coach replacement and,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's just not working. and uh, It's not. And they don't have the young talent on the bench that they could look forward to. I mean, they got what they got, and they're going to have to figure out a way to make it, you know, a, a winning situation. And I, I don't know if uh, if that's going to be the case this year. Uh, Kawhi Leonard doesn't look like he's coming back to the court anytime soon. Um, lingering knee issues. um you know, has basically robbed him of this year. Paul George is about to come back, I think, around the All-Star break, after the All-Star break. So the Clippers have just been kind of hanging on out in the West this year uh, with their two big guns down. Um, Miami Heat, they was like, last year was a fluke. Uh, we're back to the way that we were playing uh, in the bubble when we made it to the finals against the Lakers. And our youngs st- and we got a whole team full of youngins <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and it looks like they they're poised to um, you know maybe have home court advantage throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs at least right now um, then that brings us of course to Brooklyn uh, Brooklyn and the 76ers uh, Brooklyn's been struggling without KD I think they have recently lost eight or nine in a row. Um, they did get the services of Kyrie Irving back on the road. Um, maybe in the second half of the season, uh, he'll be able to play home games too because of the ever-changing uh, COVID-19 laws in various states and cities. Mm-hmm. Um, the we're, we'll, we'll talk about the things that led up to this, but during that nine-game losing streak for Brooklyn, um, James Harden started... Doing what James Harden does when he doesn't pouting. like his situation and pouting, pouting, giving low efforts. Um, you know, all of a sudden, you know, he's is he injured? Is he not injured? Can he play? Can he not play? Um, <laughs> yes. Kind of the, the same kind of things that he was doing in Houston, uh, but Brooklyn uh, noticed. Uh, I guess they understood that. Hey, we can't let that go that far. So. They pulled the trigger, and they traded James Harden for Ben Simmons. Um, uh, it's just been funny seeing all the Sixers take shots at Ben Simmons <laughs> as he well. left. Yeah, the uh, Brooklyn also gets uh, Seth Curry and Andre Drummond and one more player as well uh, in the deal. Um, but, yeah, so Ben Simmons is finally no longer a Philadelphia 76er. Um, James Harden has potted his way out of two teams in two years back-to-back. Now he's a part of the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, It's going to be very interesting to see the dynamics of how the chemistry works. Um, Embiid and James Harden now adding Ben Simmons to KD and Kyrie and the rest of those guys that they have. Um, I think for Brooklyn, it'll probably work out better because they get somebody else who's willing to pass the ball. Um, right. I mean, they got really they, they got who can score. they had three scores, and they <laughs> really got two, right? And you know, they got pretty good bench players too, um, veteran bench players who can score. So you know, Ben Simmons, if he just goes and plays his game, whatever at this point, of his career, his game is. I think it'll work out better for Brooklyn than I think it will be for the 76ers because now they lost their proven outside shooter in in Seth Curry. I mean, I know they love Tobias Harris, but he's too iffy for me. Um, You lost a very um, good – oh, Paul Millsap. That was a guy. Uh, They they lose Paul Millsap, veteran inside presence. So I think it took a lot to – Took a lot off of the 76ers to get Harden, man. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, And the problem is now is uh, Will James Harden derail JoJo's campaign. That's the MVP run. Mm -hmm. Um, That's going to be a concern, too. What's funny, KD... was fed up hard if I'm not picking him <laughs> to his all <All-Star> 13. Yeah. <laughs> and uh he was funny when well, LeBron's like, has Jay Z played and Chuck was like Yeah Trey, you gonna play now <laughs> So um yeah this trade did a lot of a lot of big moves. Uh, I just hope that both Ben can stop pouting and James can stop pouting and they just go play basketball now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That would definitely uh, be beneficial to both players at this point to their career. Um, Like I said last year, man, I just don't agree with the way James Harden goes about his business. I mean, there's a way there's, there's a way that you can, um say that you're not happy right, right right without having to do all the drama and the theatrics right right you can it. still go out here and for you know 48 minutes play hard you know come to practice be you know you can be a good teammate and still not be happy with your situation you know right and um I'm just, uh, yeah, just not very, very pleased about the way that he goes about his business. But and, and for her to do it twice in two years, it's
0: like, it's like at this point, it's not even, it's a James Harden problem at this point, right? Because it's happened more than one time, right? And it does not get any less infuriating or annoying. If it infuriates, you know infuriates, you know, someone like myself who's you know, indifferent to the Nets and the Sixers and things of that sort, but when it's affecting when it's altering people's lives, that, that can be a problem and um, speaking of other trades though, uh, Tyrese Halliburton uh, going from Sacramento, Indiana, basically, you know, he I learned the cool, the cruel world of the basketball business. Don't put your trust in these teams. <laughs> Don't do it, especially a team like Sacramento, like who's known for making bad moves and not appealing to their fan base. Uh, Tyrese was a fan favorite. And, you know, they still, they still shit them off and it's a harsh uh, reality for the young kid and uh, hopefully he goes in the end and he can, uh, you know, make the most of the opportunity and get the paces back to relevance in the East because... They've basically traded places with the Cleveland Cavaliers in that division, in that conference. Um, The Cavs have been probably the biggest surprise for me this season, only because, you know, they haven't had, they've had uh, quite a few lean years, but they are playing some inspired basketball right now. And shout-out to Darius Garland, going to be the hometown hero, um, playing in his first all-star game for the Cavs in Cleveland.
1: Yep, yeah, I guess that's going to be my last NBA note. As LaMelo Ball, Andrew Wiggins, Fred Van Fleet, and Rock Darius talk. Garland uh, were selected to their first all-star games this year. Um, so LaMelo was already going to be in the Rising Stars game. But now he's gonna get a chance to be on the main game. So that should be a lot of fun with him. Uh, Andrew Wiggins definitely seems to have finally soaked up enough game from Steve Kerr and Steph and Draymond. Put best, it all together and best uh,
0: trade that happens.
1: And uh, looks like a you know, looks like the second half of his career may fulfill the promise that, you know, everybody You know, saw that he had coming out of college. I knew
0: he had it all along.
1: (laughs) I believed in that man,
0: (laughs) just like I believed in DeMar DeRozan being an all-star. I said he was one of the best shooting guards in the league, and I got ridiculed for it over ten years ago. I ain't forgot that. I'm still mad about that. I I, and I tell people, I'm like, I I should, I should go running back and be like, I told you so. I so. I told you so.
1: I told you so uh now we'll shift the focus over to college basketball really quick uh we're getting uh closer to march madness we're here uh, in february a couple more weeks to go in the regular season then we get the tournaments and then march madness will be in full swing um it's a new era in college basketball its dominance has shifted out west as uh, the Pac-12 may not be doing much of college football, but they are running college basketball at the moment, uh, along with the SEC. SEC has uh, had a resurgence this year. Auburn uh, just got knocked off the other night, but they were 22-1 uh, heading into the game against Arkansas, number one team mm. in the country, had been that way for about a month or so strong. Six weeks. Um, Kentucky's back this year. I uh, had a yeah, down season last year, me. but they're top five. Uh, don't remind uh, me.
0: of still year. not over them. <laughs> still not over them kicking Kansas' ass at Allen Fieldhouse. Um, I could take a road loss, but not a loss at Allen Fieldhouse. That just hurts.
1: Big 12 is is, is being represented in top 25 pretty well. Uh, Texas, Baylor, Kansas. No, I was about to say, but you um, But the ACC... The tried and true, man, it's, it's been a down year. Um, only team that's ranked is Duke. Uh, Wake Forest has been closed a couple of weeks, but not quite broken in to the top 25. Um, Carolina, uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Um, don't know which team you're going to get. You're going to get the team that hit 10 threes against NC State in the first half. You're gonna get the team that only made like ten baskets through like eighteen minutes of basketball against Duke last weekend. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, and
0: having yeah. that game on a Saturday instead of a Wednesday was really strange.
1: Yeah, man, that's what happens because it's no longer um a you know, traditional Jefferson, conference. Yeah, well, it's no longer Jefferson Pilot controlling it like it used to be. Uh, that yeah. game used to always be the first Wednesday in February.
0: Right And
1: uh, they uh, they have, you know, right. that they've, you know, redone everything for TV and big money and things like that. So now, you know, they know that more people will watch it on a national on basis
0: a, on, uh, a Saturday. on a
1: Saturday than they will on a weekday. Because during the weekday, that was more of a regional thing. And, right. uh, you know, ESPN doesn't do anything regional. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It definitely was weird um Virginia beat Duke after they killed Carolina on on uh, last Saturday so that Monday they come back and fall on a buzzer beater so i mean you know they their players Griffin and Boncaro, couldn't miss against Carolina they couldn't hit anything against Virginia and just goes to show right how fragile yeah. you know from game to game these uh these things can be so fluid yeah, yeah, but uh, any surprise that's, to you in the college basketball season, though? Um, Texas, I mean, I was
0: expected with uh, Chris Beard taking over. Uh, Texas Tech, uh, I didn't think Texas Tech was going to be as good when Chris Beard left, but Chris Beard has a great disciple of Mark Adams, and they beat Kansas in Lubbock. Kansas ran it back in Lawrence um, they ate Texas BKU on Monday, which I kind of blame myself because I wasn't watching that game and then Kansas was on four I decided to watch it and they never scored again. so that's <laughs> wow. kind of probably my fault um uh, that's kind of probably my fault on that one um uh other surprises aside from Tech, uh, Marquette, Shaka Smart's got them going in Milwaukee. So, great basketball times in Milwaukee right now uh, with the Bucks, and now Marquette following suit. Pfizer uh, Forum is definitely the place to be. Um, St. Mary's, they'll probably give Gonzaga a run in the West Coast Conference. Murray State is ranked at 22-2 um, out in the OVC. Uh, they're 13-0 in the OVC. Um, their biggest competition is still Belmont and Moorhead State as well. Um, but Murray State's playing very well. Uh, jean Morant's alma mater. Um, and then I would say, yeah, like you said, the Pac-12's got a resurgence, but the... The conference is really surprising me is the West Coast. uh, Because you have uh, Gonzaga 20 and 2. You got St. Mary's 20 and 5. Santa Clara 17 and 8. San Francisco's 20 and 6. BYU's 18 and 8. So they may not get into the tournament. They may not get, though, at large bids, most likely. But. One of these teams, other than Gonzaga, could possibly steal, steal a bid out the West Coast, so be on the lookout for that. Um, if I can go alma mater for a 2nd um A&T's first year in the Big South, not pretty average right now, uh, 10 and 15, 5 and 6. They're doing better than Hampton, but Hampton's about to bolt the Big South to the CAA. And and uh, Ant is looking, they have explored following suit there.
1: All right, well, a little bit of college basketball there to wrap up this edition of Know the Score. But before we totally get out of here, I'm gonna turn it over to Dwayne for his final thought and his shout outs.
0: Do we have to have final thought because I got
1: thoughts, man? It's
0: been a while, (laughs) uh, but um. Uh, great to be back with you I gotta say shout out to everybody at the CSPN uh, the WrestleCast has been very the live tweets during all the wrestling events throughout the week um, and I gotta say I am definitely bought into AEW as well it's t- it took me a while but I'm definitely all in. still not a Shabani fan Um, Sean may kill me for that but I don't care Um, but back to the sports here Uh, my final thought is in baseball um, we are in this MLB lockout 70 days into the lockout um, uh, it's and kind of uh, non we actually had some movement in the lockout because uh, it's really been quiet for most of the uh, winter um, the MLB has basically said they are looking to they are looking to um bring in the Universal DH, um, which would basically eliminate the pitcher batting in the National League ballparks. And I'm conflicted on it. I mean, as a as a uh, traditionalist growing up, I've always known A.L.'s been the league with the designated hitter. National League has been the ones with the pitcher basically vote in the National League, which caused that to happen, but it's been like that since like 1973, I think, when the uh, DH rule came into play, but it's going to be in both leagues. I mean, Major League Baseball is really just under one umbrella. The AL and NL are not separate entities anymore. Um, They're all under the umbrella of Major League Baseball. And when I look at but I also look at it as the fact where uh, pitchers would get hurt because they were batting, i.e. Jacob deGrom. Um, I mean, a lot of his injuries, and then Ty walker who was the other all-star for the Mets last year, um, he had some discomfort in his uh, not throw shoulder because he was batting right-handed, so they had him change to left-handed. Um so it could help the pitchers out, uh, make them focus on what they're supposed to do with pitch, and not worry about hitting. Um, but as a traditionalist, that's why I'm conflicted on it. Um, but they, the goal is to not lose any games. Hopefully, the two sides will come to some kind of agreement because. Spring training is literally right around the corner. Like pitchers and catchers supposed to be reporting within the next week, mm-hmm. and and everybody else is supposed to be coming in like a week or two after. And spring training, the games are coming, and then you have the actual, you have the actual um, regular season. So, Rob Manfred said he's optimistic. But it will be very, very bad if he if that optimism gets dashed because the and players can get an agreement.
1: well, I'm gonna tell you this, based off of the way that they normally do business, they're not gonna play no baseball man. i I agree with you because I, I agree they don't 100 do, percent. they don't do like what the nfl does where they one side postures and the other side postures and then they get into the season it's like oh but well, we only got like 16 of these things we we can't we need to stop messing around and let's go play baseballs the mm-hmm. players are like well There's, well we're super rich we got 162 yeah the owners are like well we're we super rich <laughs> so everybody's just like okay well I'm not afraid to run out of money. Y'all aren't afraid to run out of money. We'll just hang out. So, yeah, I don't think the labor stuff in baseball it, it gets it gets dirty and down and nasty, and uh, yeah. So I, I don't really see much for baseball this year. Um, my final thought be on uh, the return of NASCAR. Uh, they had the Bush Clash in an unfamiliar place, the Los Angeles Coliseum. So they turned the fabled Los Angeles Coliseum, home of the Oakland Raiders and the Olympics and several Super Bowls, uh, they turned that into a racetrack, a quarter-mile racetrack, and NASCAR's biggest and brightest stars are out there beating and banging on each other, and they put on quite a show in the main race. Uh, NASCAR has been trying to get a little bit more away from the bigger mile and a half cookie cutter tracks that make up most of the uh, schedule and kind of work in some more of the short tracks and um, get a little bit more action involved in the sport. Um, also, as well, they debut the new next generation car. Um, totally. Totally radical change from anything that nascar has ever known in the history of its sport um it's a six-speed manual transmission um it instead of having five lug nuts you only have one the tires went from 15 inches to 18 inches um they now have like the transmission and the axle are like one piece so there's like a trans i mean there's so many different Things that they're introducing with this car that have never even been a part of NASCAR before. So, everybody is basically starting with the same blank piece of paper uh, for this season. So, that's what's going to make the Daytona 500 probably one of the most interesting races in a long time. Uh, Throughout the testing, the drafting looked really good. Um, You know, packs of 20 cars or so. Uh, those guys look like they could race it look kind of like old school NASCAR where you could get a run on a guy and pass him, and then he could you know wait a lap or two and get his momentum back up and come back around you so um, this could be one of the most exciting speed weeks ever but also a very scary time because they just don't know what these cars are capable of they don't know what type of failures they're going to have what kind of mechanical failures are going to have what pieces and parts are going to break um because you know first time on track load speed um you know days and days and days in a row like they're going to do at daytona and for those many lapses they're going to do uh presumably your qualifying car your 125 car and your 500 car um you know it's going to have about somewhere probably around 800 miles on it on that motor if they can keep it intact so we'll see uh we'll see what they can do uh but it's really exciting real cool the cars look excellent they look like street cars um, more than they have in a very long time so definitely uh, brand identification will be uh you know back in play as you know the chevys look like the chevys and the fords look like the fords and so forth but um looking forward to daytona as always and uh, see who's going to have a chance to become, you know, if you win that race once, you become famous. But if you can win that race more than once, you become a legend. So there's a lot of guys in that, um, in that field trying to win it for the first time. So we'll see uh, who can get it done. So for my co-host, Dwayne, I'm your host, Don Delarente Thanks to everybody here on the CSPN. Thanks to all the listeners. Thanks to you guys for bearing with us throughout this long absence but we're back and uh, hope to be here much more frequently in the future so i'm your co-host don de and now you know the score